This is the Pilgrim's Digress. Uh, we are the Pilgrims in question. I'm still not married to that. Yeah. I like it though because you he shouldn't said, be. No, because the Pilgrim's Progress has an yeah. apostrophe and it's singular, and it's, so it's his progress. It belongs to him. The Pilgrim's Digress is describing then an activity. Mm-hmm. We're the Pilgrims. Yeah. And we're and we yep. I think you should date that one. I think you should date that one a little longer. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't marry it. (laughs) We're on chapter two. There's a lot more. There's a lot more scriptures in this one, and I don't know if we have time to read them all. And I don't know that we need to. Um, Maybe just things that that are not super obvious or might not be. But before anything, I want to talk about maps. Okay. You know. You know. Of course, you want to talk about maps. Yeah. I have been downloading and. Uh, in, in some cases, purchasing and amassing graphics for different things on Patreon and on uh, the, the the podcast uh, website, and there I've noticed that most of the maps that people have made of Bunyan's work are stupid. <laughs> I I don't like any. You know when you open like a fantasy book. Uh huh. I get bored as soon as I see the map. Usually. Oh no. It's and that's on the flyleaf. But like. Yeah. What I don't like about it when I've gone through the whole thing is. In most cases, maybe it's been ruined for me by, for example, Tolkien, where right. like EOG. you've got like 327 places and, and, and features that are mentioned and referenced in the book, but because there's all this other yeah. world building and the Silmarillion and all this stuff involved, that you, um, you, the map has like 10 times that many things on it. And it right. gives the impression of this huge world that if you could walk off the page in any, in any chapter there'd be other places you could go. You know what I mean? Like, mm. Whereas any map I've seen of the Pilgrim's Progress, and I don't know how you get around this, it's just a very, it's either a spiral, which I don't get. Like this is like mm-hmm. Dante-esque or something. Right. Often it's <laughs> a spiral. Or, or you know, like a, a jagged, you know, not so straight line or something, which it's the straight road. <laughs> Pun. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. like it only has the things Christian. Like, And if it's saying, okay, here's his journey so you can follow it. But like if this is the map of the land and it's, and it's made to look old, like it's a map someone would have found. I don't know. Why wouldn't you want to beef it up? You know, at least mm. put in places that Christian went or referenced, uh, or or even places that are referenced. Right. Um, right. Th- there's so many cities that Faithful and uh, Christian just talk about. You know, mm-hmm. um, even even the town of Carnal Policy, which is referenced in this very uh, passage here, is often no one guesses where it is because yeah. Christian doesn't stop there. I think one thing I want to do is kind of make it feel more like. There's a lot, you know, this is a, an actual world, okay. not, you know, a, the allegory as it's presented is very thin. Like you're following along this, this one path that he took and that's it. Do you agree with that? Yeah. You're more of a fantasy reader guy than I am. Yeah. I mean, in regards to Tolkien, the map serves a purpose in the story, which mm-hmm. is why it's in the front in the first place. Right. Is it's the map that, you know, Thorne gives Bilbo. So it's kind of a character. Uh, I think with the Pilgrim's Progress, it just kind of serves to summarize Mm -hmm. really, really quickly, point to point to point to point to point. You know, know, this is where he went, this is where he went. You've already mentioned Italy or Italians. (laughs) Right. So I think think, think Italy at least needs to be somewhere. (laughs) Now, this isn't unprecedented. Later on, they're talking about um, the... They're introducing the town of Vanity. Yes. And the Vanity Fair. There's reference to how there is a, a German area, an Italian area, you know, right. all these different things. So, like, right. yeah, there, it does seem to exist in the world that uh, that was known yeah. by by Bunyan. So, yeah, that's the other question. Like, where is this? 
Yeah. In, in our real world, where is this allegorical city? Like, it, it must be in England, right? Maybe what you do is you take Bedford, a, right? you take a, you to take London. like a cut of a real map, and then you can kind of place stuff out more creatively. Yeah. You, I think that might work. Want to hear something I once did? I, I had written a book, the first book, novel I tried to write. Um, I've unpublished it since. But uh, wow. actually, a lot of people liked it. I'm hoping to someday, like, kind of reboot it. It was, it was called 42 Months Dry. It was a story of Elijah uh, in, like, present day, well, present day 20 years ago. I've tried to buy that. Yeah. You, have you ever checked the Amazon prices on that? Oh, no. They are, it'll be supply and demand. It's like right? a thousand some odd dollars. You know, and a lot of them are moved every day. Half, a lot yeah, of people buy yeah. But uh, I, I was thought about having... <laughs> this is so stupid. I thought about having a map at the front. Um, and, like, I had spent so long one day taking, like, California. Yeah. And trying to, like, work everything onto that. Like the Mediterranean Sea is like, like it's, so it's like flipped mirror wide and and I should forever and then I showed it to my wife and she was like I don't get it and I'm like no no you see it's it's clever because it's like and she's like but no it's a thing you did but why, it doesn't make it clever <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about maps all right let's let's talk about just a couple of differences between the text and the the uh, episode chapter two uh, opened it up with I think a fun way to meet these guys which is that. Obviously, obstinate and pliable are friends, or they wouldn't come after him together. Of all of his neighbors, right? Friends, I well, think, is an interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they're one seems to be a goon connected together, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's he's just yeah. Any what the world? Hold on, let me silence this phone. Well, we told you before, it's a working church office. So uh, there we go. Here's um, the work. The work is yeah. Somebody texted me, but but I, I read that most recently and thought this has got to be basically Biff Tannen and George McFly. You know, uh, okay, yeah, he's doing his homework for him. You know, mm-hmm. when they were kids, he did his homework, and he said, and he probably made pliable pay him to do to, to do his sure. homework for him. Yeah, that was very clever. Uh, <laughs> I like that he has to pay him to use his own plow. That was clever. Well, we've now established this guy is is a dupe, and maybe too much, but you know, it's a little mm-hmm. comedic. Um, so then later, you know, we're we're going to see pliable again because I'm I'm following. Um, that's the other thing that's different is at the end of this episode, you follow pliable back, you see how he's received mm-hmm. after coming back and being filthy and being humiliated and obstinate, obviously having already told everybody, this is what this guy did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he comes back. He's, he's basically a pariah. And um, then faithful sees him, tries to connect with him, but he, he slinks away and all that. I didn't make that up. That comes from later in the book. So a, a big difference in the way that the narrative goes is going to be in Bunyan's work. When he finally catches up to faithful, who's never been mentioned yet in the whole yeah. book. He's like, oh, yeah, you're my friend. Yeah, 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 like we're buddies, right? And he catches up to him and he says, tell me your whole story of how you started on the." And it takes several chapters as they walk through the enchanted ground. And it's basically just like, okay, this happened and this happened and this happened. And it's it's a lot of interesting stuff, but told right. in this very just kind of boom, 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 itinerant way. Then it's done. So I, what I'm going to try and do is chronologically put it where it would be. So we know that Christian left first because Faithful is behind to describe a bunch of things later that happened after uh, Christian left. There's this experience where he sees Pliable and, and, and looks at him across the street and tries to get his attention, but he leers away. And he knows you know, about this whole thing that's going to come up in the next chapter where the town goes into this frenzy of, we are going to be destroyed. But nobody really looks for an answer. The, you know, the city of destruction just kind of goes a little nuts and then, and then it's a phase. That's pretty much that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah. that's, that's pretty much the difference. But but it's going to start to really show next time when we have the old guy 
knocking on Faithful's door. Right. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that is mentioned real briefly, I think it can be teased out more. Um, and I wonder if maybe, you, you, you tell me what you think of this theory. Bunyan wanted it to be longer, but uh, he was reaching what was essentially getting close to book length. For, for oh, okay. Book. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. You hear that the book of Acts and the gospel of Matthew are, are about as long as, you know, like a CD can hold 74 minutes because some oh, you know, symphony yeah. somewhere was that long. Or, you know, this, this is how long a, a, a roll is. I don't know. Mm. Uh, but, but there's definitely, when we have all the time in the world to explore some of this stuff, I think there's definitely opportunity there. To, yeah. to delve deeper. I liked the I liked the Christina seeing Christina and the kids seeing this kind of public mm. uh, shaming of Christian behind his back. I think that's a really good show of maybe like her embarrassment right, of what's right. happening, and even allegorically the fact that she's just out and about the town, and people are making fun of her husband because of all of his crazy views and the things he believes, and you get to see the other side of the impact on the family around. Right, you know, right. That it's. It's got to affect her in some way. She has genuine affection for Christian, you know, you know, as his wife. So it would hurt. It would mm -hmm. hurt to see your loved one put down, you know. You'd also be angry with them for angry doing the thing that exactly. makes you all kind of a, a punchline. Yes. Yeah. Because you're roped into it. Right. You have something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I have no choice in the matter now. Yeah. We're, we're connected and my name is tied to your name. Mm -hmm. And yeah. 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 I, I think that uh, that rings true for a lot of couples where one comes to faith before the other yeah. and there's, yeah, especially if, if they both were kind of people who mocked Christianity before, which I've known a number of people who this was a situation and then one jumps in and the other one's going hold up. Uh, yeah. There's the interpersonal, like, do I even know you anymore? Because right. you've changed. But then there's also the, we have all these friends and one of the things we had in common is that we thought all this kind of stuff was stupid. Yeah. And yeah. now here you are throwing all your eggs in that basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the center of the the text is definitely the slough. Yes. Um, on the Patreon page, I have some video of us uh, fiddling around with different gross substances, making gross noises. Okay. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think as I was posting it, I, I listened. I give it one more listen. I posted it because there was no like errors in you know like uh, speech or anything. And then I thought, Did I overdo it with the slough. I don't think so. When he gets pulled yeah. out, it's so gross and it's so okay. loud. But it's it also, right. I wanted it to be, because I wanted it to be like, this This guy, this isn't just yeah. muck. This is almost like, almost active. Yeah. Um, and then the one other thing that I added, and I think this is a huge oversight on Bunyan's part, was to put an actual living with a uh, will and a maliciousness. Mm. Yeah. Like, so, so let's talk about what the slough is and why that would make sense. What's your understanding when you, when you hear that? I mean, he says, this is the, his language is basically, it's the runoff from the conviction of sin, you know, all the anxiousness and, and all this stuff. Sure. Yeah. That's here. my, that's my basic kind of understanding of that is that just like you said, it is, it is, it is all of the, all of the mixed feelings, the things you have to give up that you don't want to give up. Mm -hmm. um, all of the, all of the shame that comes in from things that you weren't ashamed of before, um, all kind of working together, mixing together to uh, to immediately stop any form of progression past it. You need to deal with these feelings and these emotions um, before, unless you know beforehand that there are steps leading through it. Right. You know, I, I don't remember if he's told, right, that there's going to be steps. I don't think Evangelist tells him about no, steps. No, no. No one tells him about... Only after, why didn't you look for them? Like, exactly. Almost like, why wouldn't you assume they'd be there, I guess? Yes, uh, but he, he, in the text, he doesn't even see the slough until he's in it. Yeah, and he, he, he's just having a conversation, and then they're just in the slough. And then 
he's the only one affected by it because he has a genuine understanding or a sense of his sin. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah, he's got a burden on. Mm-hmm. And so it's real easy just to get angry and then climb out. Yes. If you're pliable. If mm-hmm. you're if you're the guy with no root. Yeah. That's that's just giving it a shot. Like he says, he's uh it says he's convinced, right? But he's not convinced. Mm-hmm. You know? A, a guy like that can't be convinced, you know? He's just Blown jet every there. way by every wind exactly. of doctrine. Yeah. Uh, and and as soon as it got hard, bam, I'm out. I'm done. Forget yeah. you. And I'm not Is like this what you promised about. me? I'm I'm 180 again. Yeah, yeah. Look at this stupid guy. Look at this silly, you know, belief. Oh, I should have listened to, you know, uh, obstinance. Uh, goodbye. And, and way later in the text, when they're discussing him, Faithful will say, um, your, he, his state is... Is, was seven times worse than if he had never left the city of destruction. Because now he's hardened yes. to the gospel. Yes. He gave it a try. You know those bumper stickers, try Jesus, if you don't like him, the devil will always take you back. It's supposed to be clever. And I'm right, going, basically not. what you're telling people is, I want the worst for you. Yeah. Because if I tell you to not count the cost, but just give this a shot, now you've tasted of the things. Yeah, it's the Hebrews 6 Whew, scenario. Yeah. That is so scary. You don't you don't want to put someone in a position where they've tasted of these, these things, rejected and walked away from them, and now mm. there's nothing left. Um, you know, there's not some second sacrifice that you kind of have to respect obstinance over yeah. pliable in, in, in that way, at least obstinance knew. And he says, I'm not going to take a step further. I'm not going to, I came out here to get you. You don't want to be got. I'm going back to town and I'm, I'm taking your stuff too. Cause you're not coming back. And ironically, yeah. there's more hope for him then than there is for pliable. Mm. Even though initially, if you're evangelizing and there's someone who's, you know, Oh yeah, I'll listen to anything. I'll consider anything. Yeah, I love I, everything. Can have some truth in it, and you go, okay. I'd rather talk to this person than the one who's belligerent. Hmm. That you, you probably don't want to argue with a belligerent one either, pearls to swine, etc. But there's a far better chance, I think, that that person is going to, f- at some point, find their obstinacy. Right. Obstinacy. I had an issue with that in one of the extras with the Alexander White thing. I uh, I recorded half the time. I said obstinacy. That's not it. It's obstinacy. Um, but it's it's easy to miss that pliability. Isn't mm. necessarily a virtue. It, oh yeah, not at all. But it seems like you know it, because it seems like an opening, and it can be when someone is really truly open to the gospel. It's just right. hard to tell the difference. Well, and 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 it's not a virtue. I think you necessarily maybe maybe in a few ways, but it's it's not something that's going to serve you really well in your walk right mm. towards a celestial city. Um, even though Christian is, um, he's like tricked and fooled. Or, you know, he's he's pliable in ways like with the worldly wise man where he's been told to walk in this direction, to stay in this path, to keep this in the... And then the first guy, he says, well, I got a better answer for you. Mm-hmm. And he's just bent right towards, you know, um, right towards Mount Sinai. But it would have gone far worse for pliable. You know, I'll just go anywhere. Right. I'll right. just... It, and then, and then I'll, I might be lucky enough and keep having chance encounters, you know, with evangelists or help. Or someone that could pull me out of a situation, but eventually, how pliable would, would you know? Would he have been to kill himself in, right, in, in, in the castle? castle. Yeah. yeah, just immediately. Oh well, goodbye. Yeah, I don't have promise. Right. You know, he's been given all these promises by Christian. Christian's been reading to him, and and, and you know, and you know, look at all these promises. None we have. of it takes at all. Yeah, it's only good for a moment. Yeah. So there's no there's no root of any kind mm-hmm. other than his character being very suggestible. Yeah. And and. Yeah, probably in most cases in life, it doesn't make you like everybody's rube, like it, like my presentation to be kind of funny. Right. Um, it makes you seem thoughtful uh, to some people. I mean, there are academics who are basically pliable, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I want to read everything, not just because 
I want to be versed in it, but because I think there's, you know, beauty and truth in, in all this stuff, and I can mix together worldviews that are contradictory, and right. that's sophisticated. It's not foolish. Mm. And I think there's a there's pliable, a spirit of pliable in that. Yeah. Um, now, the slough is one thing that we have no doubt what it looks like in Bunyan's life, because mm-hmm. if you read Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners, which you should absolutely read, um, there's great audio versions out there that are free. Uh, I don't need to make one. They're, they're already out there. Um, but, uh, or, or, you know, there's, you can find the text to read on your phone or get, yeah, I think your favorite publisher um, <laughs> has a really nice version of it. I almost just said their name, but why would... We can't do that. We can't do that. We're not, there's no freebies here. There'll be a hit. There'll be a hit out on us by the end of the day. Yeah. Somebody, somebody with like a, a flintlock pistol and a, yeah. and a periwig would come after you. Um, <laughs> But but in in that book in in chapter eighty two he just describes basically here's this is what the slaw was and mm. and it's uh, you know basically what you said all the things that between setting off on on pilgrimage and really being freed from your burden that might pull you down and the idea that that kind of shame involved in that wouldn't be leveraged by the enemy in a very intentional way I think is crazy like of course I mean that's his his. Stock and trade is bread and butter is is our shame. And it's going to be a lot easier to leverage that before you get to the cross than after. And so that's like a, you know, just like the, the arrows come in from Beelzebub's right. castle right at mm-hmm. the gate. I think before the gate, there's going to be, and it, you know, it's kind of like then bringing back the uh, ill-favored ones saying before you ever get to the cross, right. the enemy is working against you. Now, now this slough is a result of his own, his own internal stuff. Mm. There's also outside of himself, a demonic a concerted effort to keep him uh, from moving forward. Uh, and, he, and maybe even ab- pliable abandoning him is part of a, a an effort to do that. Well, uh, I was going to say there's this um, uh, there's this quote from uh, J.C. Ryle that I really like. We must not conceal from ourselves that true Christianity brings with it a daily cross in this life. Well, it offers us a crown of glory in the life to come. The flesh must be daily crucified. The devil must be daily resisted. The world must be daily overcome. There is a warfare to be waged and a battle to be fought. All of this is the inseparable accompaniment of true religion. Heaven is not to be won without it. Never was there a truer word than the old saying, no cross, no crown. If we mm-hmm. never found this out by experience, our souls are in a poor condition. Um, I think that the difference between Christian and pliable as they come to the slough is the expectation of what it takes to get places. They both want the crown. They both want the They've crown. They've been talking about that. Exactly. And somewhere in Christian, even though he hasn't had everything revealed to him yet, he doesn't have all the answers, which is why I think the slough can be so effective on people because you don't have all these answers yet. You know, you have, you have vague promises mm-hmm. of stuff um, that it's going to cost you something to get someplace. I think you said it really well. You know, uh, Christian asks him uh, in your edition, "Haven't you ever been on a trip anywhere? Like, haven't you ever left? Right? You know, to you see know, a spot anywhere? and go. Well, this isn't it because yeah. you said it would be nice. Yeah. Um, and and then there should be no expectation. I should have immediate success. Um, and it, that rings true. I think of a lot of the, you know, kind of uh, at least modern, but probably, you know, you know, um, always the Christian walk. If it's not immediately easy, if mm-hmm. things aren't immediately, you know, removed for you or, wow, it's day 10 of being a Christian and I'm still struggling with said sin. Yeah. Um, I thought this was giving me freedom. There's from no that. freedom here. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, uh, where you need that reminder that it is a daily fight that, it, you know, you know, you know and, and, and you have all of these things that you're against. It's not just all of these feelings, but right. You have this demonic, you know, entity down there that's going to 
work extra hard to make you feel those things. We're going to work extra hard to pull you down into um, your shame and your sin and say, well, are those promises really, you know, just like the serpent, well, what are those promises really about? Are mm-hmm. they true? Don't some of them sound kind of silly, you know? Yeah, and, and, and doesn't your experience tell you that mm-hmm. there's probably better satisfaction in this or that? or And, and yeah, all of it designed, you know, a, a slough will just hold you Mm. where you are. It's not even designed to, to kill you or take you out. Like later on, yeah. that, that becomes kind of a goal. But like here, it's just like, all I need is for you to stop making progress Yes, and be the pilgrim standing there holding the Bible, still spouting this stuff, and I win. Yes, You can still have your Bible. You can still go to your church and have your prayer meetings. You can still be formality or hypocrisy or whoever in these characters, as long as, as you don't make it to that gate and then to that cross. And, you know, I can keep you from the, the city that's... Um, by the way, when you were reading Ryle, and I love Ryle so much, and it just I had a flash, an epiphany. Mm-hmm. What about a little booklet? It's a collection of J.C. Ryle quotes. Okay. And it's called All Riled Up. <laughs> Is that brilliant? You're just, you're just, you're just an idea fountain. Let me, <laughs> let me make a map over here. <laughs> map Mondays. Yeah. Map Mondays. Map Mondays. And then... <laughs> What do you think the indicator of... So the steps are the promises, right? I mean, that's pretty clear. Um, the steps are, are promises of freedom from these sins, of forgiveness, of, of whoever began a good work in you, which is now already used and since it's begun, we'll see it through. Um, but what do you make of his... like the? This is straight from the, the original oldest text, uh, the manuscripts, where the bubbling of the, the gunk I've has covered sort point. of... Right. You can see them, but they're still sort of covered. So, like, you have the impression if you're leaping from one to the next, even if you saw the steps, you might, fling, you know, slip off and still go in. Well, I, I, I think that that could be a stand-in for um, because you're new, because you've just started out, um, and you don't have all these answers, and you don't have this really strong, um, you know, maybe, like, logical theology, where, like, in the beginning, he's pointing people to reading the book. Read this book. Here, read this book. Oh, I don't know that answer. Read this book. Mm-hmm. You know, the answer's in here. Where later on, um, uh, when he's talking to people, he's using his own logic and his own understanding of, you know, you know, you know. He's internalized right, the word. Yeah. Where he's been and, yeah. and, 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 and stuff. Because he's new and he doesn't have all of the answers, he can easily misinterpret a promise, right? And that slips him off or pushes mm-hmm. him off in some way where it goes, oh, well, if it's just going to be all rainbows, you know, and then I take a step onto that promise of, well, look at all of these wonderful, you know, things. How much easier is it, you know, or, or, or shocking is it going to be to then slip, fall, and now you're, you know, wasted, you know, waist deep in all this shame and this sin that your interpretation was shouldn't be there. This right, stuff right. shouldn't be here, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, later there will even still be a sense of, of shame that, that can be, like, shame becomes, is even a character later. Yes. But earlier, I mean, the shame should be there. That, that's mm. the interesting thing about this. Like, like shame is and guilt... Are, are good as like the, you know, like the indicator light that comes up on your car that says something's wrong that makes you, oh, you know, yeah. go, I got to go to somebody to fix this. Um, I, I think it's such a perfect picture of this, the slime though, because a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of that atop the promise hmm. is enough to maybe, you know, yeah. even though the, the step must go all the way to the bottom, it must have a foundation right. that goes all the way to the bottom. Just a little of that on top can, can kind of take all the, effectiveness away yeah. for that guy in that moment. Um, interesting thing, I, I start thinking about numbers, you know, also mean numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, 1,600 years. He, so he asks, when, when help pulls him out, which, by the way, no work was done in naming that character. Who's going to help him? What should his name be? Um, 
help pulls him out. It makes a really gross sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bunyan, I think, spends three or four pages describing, describing the sound. The sound. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like old uh, pico de gallo and <laughs> oh, <gosh>. cornstarch. <laughs> but um, you, <laughs> when when help pulls him out, uh, then he asks. Actually, in in the in the original uh, Bunyan comes up and starts talking to help. He's yes. like, "Hey, I'm just dreaming. Let me ask yeah. you some stuff." Um, yeah. But but uh, the answer given is to the question why. Hasn't anyone done anything about this place? It's right on the road. What yeah, this is very interesting. And he says, for 1,600 years, they have been bringing the best materials, which is instruction, mm-hmm. good, good instruction, to dump in, and there has been 20,000 cartloads. Right. Um, now, I, I can't. I almost jumped ahead and, and went to something that happens in part two right now because I, I was so excited about it because I get so brilliant. I'm not going to talk about what happens at the Slough in part two. Okay. Don't let me. Pinch me. Reach over and pinch me if I do. Not a problem. <laughs> so um, he he asks this, and the answer's got two numbers in it. Obviously, 1600 and more is because they're in the 1600s. They're in the 17th century. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a, an edition where it says 2,000 years. And I'm uh, like, so wait a minute. Mm. What, what am I supposed to make of the fact that you all seem like you're in the uh, 16th or 17th century? But uh, the 20,000, I'm like, what does this mean? This has got to be some... Just incredibly obscure biblical reference, hmm. you know, from Daniel or, or something. And, I, and I'm I did a bit of research, finally determined that so this whole thing is based on his walk, I think, from Bedford to London and back that he did a number of times. And you can actually point out along that road at that time most of these features. And there was a clay pit mm-hmm. from okay. which a lot of you know the profit was made mining this. And at some point it had kind of given up as much usable stuff as it was going to. And literally, in order to fill it in and turn it into a road, they brought 20,000 uh, ox carts full. So it's a reference to like his own, his own world, his own life. But in the allegory, you could bring 20,000, 40,000. Like, hmm. it won't. And yet it's not the king's pleasure that it stays this way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard Because I think we could go, we can go back to the beginning of, you know, like the council of God and see how he's constantly giving promises, giving, you know, direction, giving, um, and how it never finds, it never finds like suitable foot, real suitable footing in most of the hearts of men or any heart of man, right? Because inevitably you, you slip and you fall and, and, you know, you you end up, uh, you end up in the slough. Um, but yeah, you can, you can go through and see that, like, it's just it's just cartload after cartload of, you know, here's a prophet, here's a prophet, here's, you know, you know, you know, you know, and and you're not going to follow them, and you're going to kill them, and you're going to, you know, you're going to crucify them, and you're going to, you know, um, stone them, and you're going to do uh, burn them, cut their heads off. You're going to do, and and it continually is dumped out there, um, and all that's managed to be made for the new Christian is this slight little trail. You don't even know it's there, I guess. That's the most confusing part to me, I think, is that he just doesn't know that it's there. Yeah. He just has no idea that it's there. Um, he finds out that it's there. I mean, it w- that would have been useful information, I think, if I were evangelist. If I'm putting myself in evangelist's you know, shoes and I find a guy, um, even apart from the allegory, who's very clearly dealing with his sins, right? Um, the Spirit's bugging him, calling him. One of the first things I think you're going to do is, one, you're going to continually walk aside this person, not just zing and, 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 and pick into the, you know, their life occasionally. But I think um, more than that, you'd tell them about, here's what's coming. Mm-hmm. Here are these steps. To, you know, you know it's, it's obviously because he's regenerate, it's easy to point to a point and know that he's going to get there. 
because he even has that conversation with help. You know, he's like, he didn't send you this way, right? You know, he, he didn't send you along that way. No, he didn't. He just said, point in a direction, head that way. Keep that light in your yeah. eye and go. Just go in that Order. direction. Yeah. Yeah. Which he knew about the slough. He knew it was there. You know, why didn't he point out the, you know. Yeah. It, well, it's a weird. It, it must have been. We find out later that different people have different experiences on the same road. Right. Um, yeah. Including some don't wind up going into the slough. For some people, the Valley of the Shadow of Death is fairly sunny. Yes. Um, and I think maybe that could just be that Evangelist, his own experience was he got oh. there, he saw a sign that said, careful, slough ahead. He right. saw um, these these steps that looked fairly... And, and so, like, that, that was busy. kind of my reference to uh, a change in the weather, or change, a little change in the light can right. hide them. And so maybe, you know, th- this guy didn't have the same spiritual issues or, or kinds well, of shame. He wasn't busy, or, right. He wasn't busy ministering to another person right. while making that walk, which surely would complicate. So know. now I'm focused on you and yes. I'm worried that you might go back. Yes. And I want to keep you on board. And so I'm not, yeah, yeah. Like there's so many different factors. You can't, can't, can't tell everybody everything, yeah. right? That's true. And, and it, I guess it, it, the, the question too is, if, is this Gifford? If this is Gifford, then he is walking beside him in a sense, right? right? But if it's just a, a, a guy who happens upon you and... A street harlot. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, that's the reference to the to the woman. Uh, who, oh, this is a deep cut from Bunyan's yeah. life. Yeah, when 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 Bunyan was when he was he was he was blaspheming. He was, he was blaspheming so filthy somewhere. in his speech that a yeah. prostitute took him to task for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then a crowd like beat him up, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they put him in the stocks. <laughs> yeah, good, <laughs> dude. It sorted him out there. He, when he was in the stocks, he could see everybody. Over he there. could see. Yeah. <laughs> One more thing I think was really uh, beautiful and, and, and fitting about the picture, even though it's just, the whole thing is kind of a gross picture, and that's why it's it's so fun, that it's so fitting, uh, is he's in there, he's stuck, he's hopeless. Mm. The other guy's left, now he's alone. Yeah, it doesn't even say goodbye. Yeah, basically that, just yeah. says, yeah, thanks for nothing, mm-hmm. and, and leaves. And yet he's still, as he's um, losing hope, moving Making forward, progress. and he's just little... Steps, little. Yeah. Um, he's tumbling forward alone. I think is, is Bunyan's words. He's just kind of like a little bit at a time lurching. He's not going to let himself be taken back. And that, yes. that's the other big difference, obviously, between him and Pliable. They're both stuck, and one of them thinks, "How do I get back to how it was before?" Yeah. The other one says, "Well, obviously, even though I may be losing faith a little bit, there's been a switch flipped in my head that's got me moving in that direction. That's where my hope lies." Right. There's a wrong side of the slough. Yeah. For one of them. Right, yeah, and yeah. for the other one, the, the yeah. right side is just whichever one's closest. Yeah, uh, and that's the conversation that they have there. You know, you know. Besides, you're on the wrong side. You need to get around it. And he, no, I don't. Yeah, I absolutely no. do not. I need just to go learned around that it. this whole thing's a joke. So yeah, um, I think that is a beautiful picture, and I think that you know, you know, I felt it. I'm sure you felt it. Where it's just the slow little movement inside of the inside of being being pulled down, not only by uh, yourself. I think, you know, your own carnal flesh saying, give up, sin, um, this is what we want, you know, anyways. And also that kind of demonic circling attack of this, you know, kind of serpentine creature pulling you down where it's just very slow incremental progress, but it means the world, you know. Mm -hmm. It shows, um, I think, even to yourself, you know, as a means of assurance before he has this scroll, before he has this real understanding, he has this assurance where he can look down and say, I didn't give up then. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't turn back then. This has to be deeper because I've already faced death. I've already faced, and that's everyone's kind of um, attempt to pull him off, 
right? Optimus brings up, oh, I know it's that way. You're, you're going to get uncomfortable. You're going to die. You're going to lose stuff. You're going to, you know, come back to your wife, come back, you know, you know to the town. It's the worldly wise man's argument, right? Surely. You, you, I know what's that way. And I know mm. that you had to go through that slough, and that's ridiculous. Don't you know that there's a way around all of this? It's and, less than a mile from here. Yeah. It's a nice guy. Yeah. He's got a great boy. Um, boy. there's great yeah. soil it's, yeah. just, it's a wonderful place you'll be very happy there and yes. content yes. go this way so I guess that's what we haven't talked about this is the only time Worldly Wiseman shows up in both parts in the whole in the whole book and yet he's become I think because of Spurgeon's use so frequent use of, of the name mm. that one and then Mr. Fixing both, way, both ways right. who's only yeah. mentioned in passing literally one time in a list of characters but because it's such it's a, a name. evocative name yeah. that, that Spurgeon would bring him up a lot um who is Worldly Wiseman? Is he is he almost like a proto... We're going to get to formalist and hypocrisy who jump over the wall later. Um, but he's kind of the same idea just before conversion. Like, mm. listen, there's... Yes, I'm all for uh, legality and morality and living right and living clean, cleaner than you are with that slough all over you. Right. I'm for civility and being good and, you know, everything. Like, leave it to Beavertown... Um, so that it really, it's, 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 yeah. it's, you know, like th- this is what I think Pleasantville was playing with this notion of, we have the veneer of civility, but the inside, you know, it's this black and white world. You see that movie? No. It's a nineties movie. No. So it's, it's kind of a brilliant movie. It's got a horrible message, but it's kind of a brilliant <laughs> movie. It's got, it's Toby Maguire and Reese Witherspoon are these kids who wind up getting sucked into their TV. Okay. And they're in like a black and white, leave it to beaver kind of May, uh, Mayberry kind of a town. Everything looks great on the surface. Mm. And then people like start slowly like giving into their their own shameful lusts. They're enticed and dragged away and they start turning color. Oh, um, and then it gets confused because it starts going, well, if they're colored, then we have to put them on the balcony uh, in the court scene at the end. Like, you know, <laughs> this is Atticus Finch. And okay. it, it's kind of a, a mess. But the, the main message of, you know, this 1950s idyllic world that looked so great on the surface, hmm. underneath was all sorts of horrible things, including institutionalized racism and, and um, you know, awful, yeah. awful things being acceptable, and yeah. as long as it's out of sight. Mm-hmm. And that's Mr. Worldly Wiseman, right? He, he represents Very this... Yeah, pharisaical. Yeah, you know, we, well, let's... In, in look our, at him. But what about our culture? Isn't it like, let's get back to this kind of Americana, Norman Rockwell world? Right, but, you know, with that becomes, let's get back to morality being king not falling on your face before Christ and, you know, any kind of real understanding of who you are as a, as in your, in your natural state, fallen, sinful, apart from God, able to do no good, you know, um, let's, let's, let's get, you know, put away those understandings of what you are and let's get back to civility. Let's get back to, you know, uh, morality. It matters more about how you live, being a good person, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, where are you giving your money? You know, you know, it, it, let's find an exact percent, you know, and then like down to that, you know, down to a cent. And then that means and somehow you're on the clear of some side. And um, yeah, I think it's very kind pharisaical into like our society where it's, it's similar. You have you have this grandiose temple and you have all this, you know, beautiful concepts and ideas on display. And then you get underneath it and you see oh, we're going to overcharge the poor for the dove for the sacrifice. So mm-hmm. we're going to do this, or we're going to do that, or we're going to have meetings in secret, and we're going to break our own, you know, break our own commandments by, you know, bearing false witness in order to convict this guy for breaking commandments. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's, it's all on the surface. And mm-hmm. I, think, I, think, I think that's so well um, put, especially in your version, where he's comparing his clothes to worldly wise men clothes, and it's all so shiny, and right. nice, and you know, you know, you know, you know, he looks, he looks like you're, 
uh, on the town, you know, Frogmorton kind of guy. And then, you know, here's Christian who's actually in rags, but one actually has an understanding of who they are. Right. You know, you know where they really are. And that has to do with how they're dressed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's, and it all goes back to, I, I didn't even put this in the many, 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 many texts that I put it out yeah. <laughs> because it wasn't a, a footnote, but like it goes back to Jesus teaching about the outside of the dish. Yes. Whitewashing a tomb, a sepulcher. Uh, looks really great on the outside. Everyone goes, oh, that's a nice looking place. Inside is filth in the, inside the dish. Inside yeah. the, the, you know, is dead men's bones. Actual death is inside yeah. the sepulcher, even though it's whitewashed on the outside. And civility, morality, the promise, and I, we don't want to get ahead to next time, but it sounds like it's a high hill. But it's not far. Just go climb it and you'll be there. Yes. Then when he gets there, his experience yeah. of this quote-unquote high hill yeah. is vastly different than what's mm-hmm. been promised. Because it's, you know, you never get done climbing. You, you mm-hmm. will never really, and, and, and the, the promise of morality, civility, as salvation is so empty because it's unattainable. Right. From the outset. And, and it's, it's always just there like, it's like, gosh, uh, I had a, a very close friend who was going to be a, a missionary and then he... Walked away from the faith. Very sad stuff. I kept in contact with him a long, long time, and he became a, a yogi. And somebody asked him, uh, are you enlightened now? What's a yogi? Uh, like a yoga expert oh, kind of okay. uh, guru, teacher, person. Sure. And he went on this tirade uh, about how this is all happening online because... What that, doesn't? What? Right. And uh, it's it basically saying there's no reaching enlightenment. This is a misnomer. Um, and I think it's kind of emblematic for... You know, just be good enough. There will be a point where you're good enough. Get better, get better, get better. And then the bait and switch of, well, here's the, the kind of open secret. Yeah, it's you interesting. Can't. You could you could play it out like he knows it's unattainable. And then uh, he waits for the people to fall inevitably and then goes to their pockets and takes their things. You know, mm. Ooh. like like what the law or like what the people that are using the law do, right? You know, the I'm a thousand percent just using that, just stealing that. Pharise- you know, the Pharisees cast... Uh, heavy burdens on people and then, you know, theirs is light, you know, like Jesus says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, and, and yeah, so he, he's sending you over land and sea to do this thing that he yeah. won't even do to make converts and then, you know, keep the law I can't even keep and then they're worse off. Yeah. But you're profiting. You're, yeah, you're, you're... Hmm. Yeah, he, he's, he's definitely... I think the name kind of implies it, but in my mind, he's definitely not one of these characters in Pilgrim's Progress that is just... Uh, misunderstood and misunderstanding. He's he's seems to be somewhat malicious. Yes, he comes across him and he goes out of his way to say this is this is you're following this truth. Give yeah. me a break. You know, obstinate just wanted him to come back home so everything would stay the same. Yes. This is out of a sense of like him keeping his world in order. Mm-hmm. Worldly Wiseman doesn't know him from Adam. Mm-hmm. Worldly Wiseman has just heard about him. Well, he's very similar to the minister in the very, very beginning. Yeah. You know, you know, let's let's downplay all this destruction stuff. Oh, is that what you're worried about? I have a better answer for you. Um, I know what's good for you, you know, and you don't. 100% so. that's, that, that t- church that worldly wise men attends in, mm-hmm. this, in the town of um, morality. Yeah. The preacher there and the preacher in the city of destruction are part of like a... Same denomination. Yeah. Or, and, yeah. and they're part of some like group that meets together and, yes. oh, that's... Yeah, that's a possibility too to loop that in later. That sounds fun. Um, let's let's pull in these these texts. We don't have to read them all, I don't think, but they might lead to some more uh, just discussion here. So his, at the beginning, the, his neighbors are all coming out, out to watch him run away. Is is uh, the picture we're given? I just boiled it down to two guys because otherwise, I don't know. It's hard to say. How would people all know if you're in an agrarian society, especially and you know, right. everyone's so far out? But uh, the text is 
for I hear, hear many whispering terrors on every side. Denounce him. Let us denounce him. Say all my close friends watching for my fall. Hmm. Perhaps he will be deceived. Then he can overcome him and take, uh, we can take our revenge on him. Um, the idea that when somebody turns to faith, their unbelieving friends want them to fail in it. Yeah. The, I, now, I came to faith at so early in age. And uh, when that happened, was already going to a, a Baptist school. I don't, I don't really have an experience of this. I have an experience of this for sure. A lot of my close friends, everyone's different. People handle it differently. There were people that understood, but they weren't going to have conversations about it. Uh-huh. Um, and they were very disinterested in it, but they would at least keep that to themselves. Um, I had people that were, you know, um, this is this, this is just so that you can achieve something. You know, you know, you know, you know you're. You're weaponizing that religion to get a foot up on your parents or to get a foot oh, up on, okay. you know, you know, people around you so you can make yourself look bigger or better than me. Hmm. Um, and then and then I had people that genuinely hated it. Uh, I had one friend uh, in in particular where, it, it, you know, it actually got semi-physical, you know, wow. um, where where it became such a and it was because he had gone away for a, a period of time Um and I had been uh, uh, working on his brother. I was mm-hmm. in quotations. Uh-huh. Um, and his brother ended up um, getting saved. And when he came back from this thing, he was so angry that so much of his world had crumbled. Uh, you guys don't talk the same. You guys don't want to do the same things. You guys have... Less free time open now. You guys want to go study a stupid book. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you don't want to listen to the same music. Uh, and it was actually a very eye-opening revelation for me that, oh, it isn't all people shaking your hand like you've just made it into the, you know, the Masons or something. Right. You know, you know, you know it, this is something that people don't like mm-hmm. and they don't care for, especially if it's going to impact their lives in some certain way where you're taking something that they view that they own you know, which is really interesting when you deal with people on people, you know, your friends thinking they own you or they own a way you are as a person or something. And then that changes. And then that's an affront to them, you know, or or even maybe more charitably, in some cases, they they hold precious the way the relationship sure. was before. Yeah. And now that it's twisted, they resent that from their point of view. Now it's just yeah. changed in the way they don't like. Um, obstinance has that thing that he says, I think you added it in, but I think it's really great. Where he says, you know, let's go save this lamb from the pit, you know. Foreshadowing, there's really going to be a pit. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> but like, yeah, this pathetic little idiot. We let's go. This helpless little. But it guy. is such an image, you mm-hmm. know, like, like like us as you know, as lambs going after our shepherd and stuff like that, and then everyone else saying, oh, that's the problem. You're mm-hmm. the problem. You're you know, come back here because destruction's that way. And then Christian says, no, you don't understand. Destruction's where I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah you know, quite you know, literally. Yeah, city yeah, of destruction. What the name of the you know the the, the town huh. is? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's um, it's definitely a real thing, and I mean, I mean, mine was obviously very minor in comparison to what we see happening around the world. You know, families disowning you know, mm-hmm. you know uh, or, family or members attempting to kill in attempting some to kill extreme them. cases. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do not come to bring you know bring peace, but the sword mm-hmm. I will sever. You know, and he lists these relationships that as humans, we hold dear. Right. Um, and then that being, uh, what, what the gospel is, what the, what the, what the message of, or the, or, or at least in the very beginning, what the understanding of sin is in your life and you being uh, brave enough to 
open your mouth about it. Say, mm -hmm. I have a problem about not even how you live. I have a problem with how I live. Mm -hmm. How dare you? How dare you think that? You know, uh, you need to you need to be brought back. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm sure in some cases it has been successful. It is is the thing um, that, that that's kind of throughout this. You have, I mean, you have secondary characters like Pliable who turn back. You know, but but like we know going in, this guy's making it to the end, mm. and so it becomes this triumphant story. But for every one of those. Right. Well, well how, many, how many people are at the bottom of that slough? Bottom of the slough. How many? How many Christians kept their Christinas back? You know, and their Christinas or their Christians didn't run forward and scream life, life mm -hmm. over the years. How many times did that minister walk into someone's home, sit in their most comfortable chair, and talk them out of ever leaving or going anywhere? Um, surely it happens. It happens all the time. You know, um, and that is. That is a, a sad, sad reality. And then they even mention how they don't see these people ever again, and they don't want to talk about them. Yeah. You know, you know, I, it, it, the people that do leave, the few that do leave, never seen again, not even acknowledged. They're just, not, a, if anything, a, a cautionary tale for the next guy. Who, sure. You, know, yeah. you don't want to wind up like that, just disappearing. Yeah. I, I think we can relate to the obstinate or pliable or any of these people, I mean, Christiana, all the, all the rest who want to hold back, in, in that we know how we would feel if we saw somebody being taken in by a dangerous cult. You know, right. we know how we would start to you know, feel this anxiety and we, we'd want to make it stop, but we feel powerless and all the rest. And someone who, who views the gospel as no different from, you know, any, any cultic uh, claim to truth that's going to yeah. change who you are and how you think and, and, and leave the old Bob behind. Mm. Um, but they don't recognize that this is actually life. This is mm. this is life. This isn't this is the release of bondage. It's right. not bondage. A cult is always going to be bondage, whereas the gospel says you're already in bondage, and this is the breaking of the chains, man. That's a right, right. The eyes to see and the ears to hear. Yeah, you know, you know, you know they don't have those things, so it's always going to be, you know, the opposite. It's always going to be the opposite thing that they're seeing, and it's nothing but danger, or wasting of your time, or uh, like a lot of people do. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna vote in certain ways. that are gonna harm the public or something like that. Or you're gonna, you know, you're gonna make decisions that harm other people because of your, you know, personal belief system and what right do you have to do mm -hmm. that? And um, you know, I mean, I, I guess to kind of go the more militant atheistic line of thinking of like, not only is it dumb and, and, and stupid, you know, and, and you're just relying on a crotch. It's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's very dangerous even evil. to believe these things. Right. You know, a very... To borrow someone else's... Hitchens, Hitchens understanding of things. Term, category. Yeah. You, know, you know, this is, this is uh, above all dangerous, you know, and let me point to all the atrocities and all the things that have been done in the name of uh, Christ or Allah or uh -huh. what have you. Um, and we can't point to Pol Pot or anything that's been done in the name right, of Jesus. Right, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. But it's, 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 that's always going to be the you know, the blind man's understanding of, like, what's happening. They're not going to be able to get past those those things yet because they, I think it, I think it ultimately always boils down to um, sin and felt sin and an understanding that something is off, something is wrong, and it's not cured by sinning more, and it's not cured by um, just getting numb to it, getting used to it, you know, um, it, it's, it's solved in no other way than to cover your ears and run out of town mm -hmm. and run towards the cross. 
There'll be more text than this listed beneath uh, in the show description. Um, we're not going to read them all. I think it is noteworthy that uh, this this is going to sink me lower than the grave. Yes. The texts given are both from the first book of the Bible. Yeah. Genesis 19.24, the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the, uh, from the Lord out of heaven. And then from the last two chapters of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, or not quite, but very, very, very near the end. Uh, Revelation 20, Revelation 21. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Mm. Uh, and then And then a similar one. Uh, about the second death and a lake that burns with fire and sulfur. These are not things that are incidental. This is it's all the same. Book, book ends the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think that's one of the, th- there's such a push toward r- erasing that, even after the controversy came and went, mm-hmm. it's still there to erase that emphasis because, it, it, and to some people, it seems like such a small thing. Hey, 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 don't talk so much about that. Talk more about the grace and stuff, because you know, we don't want people just to get saved because they're afraid of hell anyway. Um, that's not, that's no real salvation. We went, but, but why on earth did Jesus spend so much time on that topic? If it's not a central way to bring people to a crisis point of asking themselves, am I ready for that, that day when I die and stand before God? Hmm. Uh, in, in, uh, the, uh, Alexander White thing, there was uh, a reference to how many people make plans for the day of their retirement, but only one here or there makes any real plans for the day of his death. Mm. And I think we don't want to think about that. And so if you can say, I'll sell you a better life, a more actualized and, and even moral life through Christianity, people will, will gobble that up. But I can sell you a better death. Um, mm. One where it teaches, this religion teaches you how to die. And on that day, you'll stand before God uh, washed clean and, and acceptable. That's less comfortable. People don't love it. Right. Figuring out how to die well is never, because, because there can be no well dying. There's no, there's no good way to die, I think, in a lot of people's minds, because mm-hmm. death is death. And I think that, I think that even inside of a secular, there's, there is that good understanding that me and you have talked a lot about, about how death is an enemy. It is, it is, it isn't something to like be really uh, flippant about and, mm-hmm. you know, cute about. And um, we can go to Paul and we can quote these things about wanting to be with the Lord, but I, I guess I'll stay with you now because you need me and how... To live as Christ, to die as gain. Right, right. He, but he's not glorifying the act of death. He's right. saying what's on the other side of death. Death is the last enemy which will be conquered, but we don't have to uh, yes. approach it like the rest of mankind because it's been conquered. But, I love the quote from uh, Spurgeon and it's topical because it was about how he was going to operate in a pandemic, okay. a cholera pandemic. Um, he said, I will wash my hands and sanitize and go and visit everybody who is sick. And if I get sick too... Instant death will be instant glory. Mm. And so his approach was, it wasn't flippant, yeah. but it also wasn't fearful. Yeah. Because he'd done the, he'd done this already beforehand. Looked yes. death in the face as, and said, what will it be it, for me? It will not, it will be instant transport into the presence of Christ. Yeah. Um, it, but every moment I have now, I will live for, for Christ. Uh, there, there's, he tells uh, Pliable there's more than enough to spare. Mm. And, and, uh, that, that being uh, more forgiveness and grace uh, than, than you could ever hope for. Uh, and the reference given is to the prodigal son. He's eating the pig pods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that story. That's my favorite thing that Jesus taught. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just in it is so much of the gospel and it's right. such a, it just draws you in. You know every character. Um, he's eating the, the pods, which are, you know, he's unclean. He's, he's tending swine. He came to himself, Luke 15, 17. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. So even if he went back as a, a servant in his father's household, he'd have more than enough and he gets received back as a son. Hmm. And that's what's, what really would lie ahead for Pliable. That's the bummer. I think though, I think though, part of, and, and, and 
not to break down like biblical texts or anything necessarily, but to say that like at least that son knew what it knew what it was like to be a son beforehand. Okay. You know, you know. In where we are, I think you don't really know what it's like to be a son beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you've never tasted of these glories or had enough to eat or had enough to you know. You know. Um, so it's almost a call into a completely different life. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's just that's just one of those things where it goes. It, it could be hard to make that jump. I think sometimes going from like because you know he it is a it is a it is a riches to rags to riches story. Yeah, you know. and yet the if we're going to zoom even further sure. out, this is the Gentile. Yeah, you know, this isn't the yeah, guy yeah, who yeah. was raised going to Torah school and knowing all of the the prophecies and promises. Mm-hmm. This is the guy who just has this sense, maybe this Mars Hill description of you know. Yeah. You you know you look at the night sky and you know and, and you know you know you know because of what is created things about God his eternal power his divine nature you can figure out by seeing all the beauty in the world even in the midst of suffering that that he's loving and there's some grace and like hmm. I don't know it, it's. Not a, it's not an allegory. That's the yeah. other thing we have to yeah. remember. Parables are not allegories. Yeah. They're, they're made to teach one truth. Yeah. Uh, and, and Jesus does them so well. Uh, but I think that is a, a, an appropriate text. Uh, there are two for how it's not worthy to compare. Romans 8, 18 and 19. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. You'll find those in the, in the show description. Um, he's, he, I love the, the reference to treasures in heaven. Yeah, well, especially with the Matthew six nineteen with uh, with uh, with the moth and rust destroying, right. where I like how they're... They start the conversation over fields and a plow and, you know, you know, you know, these treasures that they have where I'm going to make you pay me to use your plow and, oh, I'm going to get a new one. And so much of what they're looking towards is investment in what they have right now. Right. And his argument primarily to Christian, right, is that, well, I have a successful field and I'm an eligible bachelor, right, in the, the fifth most eligible, you know. Uh, eligible bastard, you know, sure, sounds good, where, where so much of their focus is on exactly what they have in this moment. And none of it is on the fact that it's all going to go away. You'll hit a rock with that plow eventually, mm-hmm. right? And you'll have to fix it, and it will it will rust, and your body will grow old, and you won't be able to work the field anymore. And, and, and as an eligible bachelor, you'll marry a beautiful young woman, yep. and she'll think you're beautiful and handsome, and, you'll and then you'll both old. get old and become yeah. a hag and a, and a, and a kook, a curmudgeon, whatever. You, sure. And, and yeah, these, these, all these, these things, things are, but it's so far off. If we can, and, and, and our culture now valuing so much, like almost as if it's a, a given that the real value is to live in the moment. Time hack. You got to yeah, yeah. live in the moment, and yeah. and like that is what. Pliable wants to do, that is what, you know, that, that's what the flesh wants to do. And that's what the enemy probably wants us to do as well. Now, there's there's some, like, redeeming the time, live in the moment thing yeah. that I think, it, you know, put your stupid phone down and live your life. Sure, there's there's a biblical warrant for that on, on one level. But if you're going to live so in the moment that you don't consider eternity, and, and you don't consider that these things you have and, and your attempts to grow them a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more will ultimately, definitely, definitely, definitely be futile. Well, and and... Even the even throughout the entirety of the New Testament, there is constant reminders about what your life is, right? What your life is in comparison to everything else. And you're this flower, you know. You're this grass. You're a vapor. You're a vapor. You're these things that are, you're you're going to be here one minute, and then by the time noon rolls around, you're gone, you know. And and, and no one will remember you. And that's surprisingly in, soon. Right, right. And, and you go, well, if I can just change my family story, if I could just mm-hmm. create something, if I could, I, I, or going back to the heroes of old, you know, like if I can hold a pass for so many, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that one obviously worked out for him a little bit. But, but there are a handful yeah. who we still remember, but even then we don't know them. 
And we don't yeah, value them you, for you, them. Exactly. It, it, it's, it, it's, what do you obtain, though, out of any of that? But, but you also spent that little, little precious time that you had here on complete trivial things. You know, um, knowing, that, knowing that a chest you're going to have is going to burn to a cinder and then putting all of your valuable stuff in that chest. Mm-hmm. You know, you know it. You understand that. You have all these cute, you know, you know, you know sayings and you can't take it with you and stuff <laughs> like that. You know, you, you have all these things that um, secular culture will take and believe and yet it's still the main lifestyle. Right. It's Acknowledging still, it almost makes it feel like it justifies it. Yeah. Right? But it doesn't. But it, it does yeah. the opposite. It, because yeah. you're still going to die and you're still going to have to look stuff in the face and you're still going to have to, you know, um, uh, be parted from your family. And uh, there's all this pain and, 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 and suffering that comes along with it that is it worth it? You know, it, is any of that stuff worth it? No. Contrast that with First Peter 1, 3 to 4. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Yes. And they're secure, Hebrews eleven sixteen uh, as well. Uh, now, when when uh, you, there really some 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 pinchy thirteen language comes in because there's some <laughs> really hard core insults. <laughs> uh, Bunyan's uh, idea of of a, a real kind of dismissive insult is the crazy headed coxcomb, uh, and. <laughs> which I, I just Did love you look that. up what a coxcomb is? I'm sure is? it's the, the, the like goofy thing on the, oh, okay. on the rooster's head, right? Like, All right. Um, and in in describing the crazy-headed coxcomb, he actually quotes scripture. I found that interesting. Mm. Uh, Proverbs 26, 16, or at least nearly quotes it. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. I might have actually said slugger like Babe Ruth. It's sluggard. Um, now, yeah. he's not calling him a sluggard, but he says, you know, when people get kind of amped up in these crazy fevers of religion. Right, they think they're smart. Seven men can't answer yeah. them with sense because they're so wise in their own eyes. Huh. And he's taken like a biblical category and try to throw it back at, at, at Christian. Yeah, which which I think I think I think further supports that this is kind of a religious community. Yeah. You know for yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, you know, there's a good church is, there. There's a good is, church going folks. This is this is people that know just enough of the Bible to be really dangerous, mm. to really, um, to really squash out any kind of new belief. The kind of people that Jesus said to be better for a millstone to be tied around their neck, you know, um, than you know, because that's kind of their society we've built. There's things we don't talk about. Any kind of real salvation that extends to their children, obviously. I go to church becomes kind of a defense against discussing. Things spiritual, right, discussing right, the right. state of your soul. Hey, That's I go to cover. church. Okay, guy, I, I, I have that part of my life yeah. taken care of. I don't need to. And, and, and so, if everyone goes to church, no one has to think about the fact that the city of destruction is soon going to be consumed by fire from heaven. Right, right. The church covers your sins. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or the church. Or, the church yeah. got on the cross and <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, know, you know, you know, died for you and 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 and, and bled for you. It's. Now, to it's, be clear, I'm very pro belonging pro to a church. church. Yes. Yeah. In fact, we're I, in a church. One, obviously, yeah. one of the things that uh, Bunyan regretted about the first book is that he didn't give enough weight to the church because the second part, he really emphasizes that as a, a church uh, tale. But it's not a covering for sin. Right. No, no, no. You, you, know. you, you can yeah. go to church every single day of your life, and all you, all you really could wind up doing is more and more washing the outside of the, the cup and, yeah. and whitewashing the tomb. And becoming more and more worldly wise, mm. easily, yeah. And in fact, there are there are churches that seem to be 
uh, quote-unquote churches. I would say they're not truly churches, but they, they kind of cease to be churches because their whole stated purpose is in line with the enemy's goal of helping everyone, uh, rather than deny themselves, yeah. affirm mm-hmm. everything that's in their heart already. Right. In fact, that right. would be the, a key word in their mission statement. Mm. We're here to affirm. Affirm. We're gonna, and, and you need to affirm yourself and, and you know what's inside of your heart is good. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. You see that they fall because there's so much paper, and we're not very far through. So let's go quick. Um, uh, most of this stuff's very obvious, uh, and we'll have the text uh, available. There's uh, a text for uh, this is written by the one who cannot lie. There's an endless kingdom. These these things are throughout Scripture. Uh, they're going to have the crowns of glory and the, the shining garments, no crying or sorrow. Uh, both Isaiah 25:8 uh, and Revelation 21:4 are, are great references to that. He'll wipe away every tear from their eye. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be a mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And pliable here's this and says that the very words ravish my heart. Yes. Um, let's yes. go. Let's go faster. I want to get there now. Right, right. That's another really interesting point. Um, and I think, I, think, I think Bunyan does such a good job at letting you see it, but not telling you about it. What, what, what is it? I, show, don't tell. Yeah. Or whatever, right? Where, where, if you're really reading and you're being observant while you're reading, it's so obvious that no part of Pliable has any kind of resistance, no kind of no kind of weight on his back. You know, um, he's probably relatively clean. You know, he he doesn't have any of these sin issues or problems, um, and it's just so well highlighted that Christian just can't go as fast as him. Let's mm-hmm. go faster. I can't go that fast. Right. I I actually have weight. You know, you know. Oh, just come to the side. I can't right. come yeah, to the I'm side. Being dragged I'm, I'm down actually by my being burden. dragged yeah. down. Um, it's so well said that is that even a man who needs these promises? I think I think is something that comes to mind for me, where the person who needs the promises of no more crying and no more sorrow and you know you know being freed from your sins and the company you'll keep, um, the people who actually need to hear that are people who are actually inside of the faith. Those things now become actually valuable mm-hmm. not just not just a good idea not just like a really kind of temporal uh oh i like that until it requires something of me um the people who it, it need to hold on to those promises so that they can take another step so that they can you know you know keep keep chasing after christ um these promises aren't really valuable to um pliable at all I think they're. I think they're enticing. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he, he's looking forward to being with people who'll be nice to him, and and won't and won't and won't use yes. him for being pliable. He's maybe he's lost a parent and, and he's had some some sorrow in his life. He's looking forward to a, a guarantee of no more of that. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't. He doesn't value the the main thing. He values the kind of uh, secondary after effects of being with Christ, but not well, you, wanting to be. With think about valuing food, right? We live in a culture that doesn't really value food. You know, because it's so abundant and you uh-huh. have it all around you. Right. And, you, you know, you throw stuff away or, you know, whereas if you're in a different location or you're in um, a survival situation where every single calorie mm-hmm. matters and that's how you're going to survive another day or keep warm enough. Now the value of food is so much higher than, you know. Yeah. When a teenager than, says, I'm starving. I can't wait till we get to the restaurant. They're not really starving. They don't know what they're saying. When you think about like Shackleton's guys. When they're stuck on the South Pole, okay, yeah, and they're sure. just like killing and eating these these fatty seals and yeah. stuff, and the thing that keeps them moving forward 
is getting back home, yeah. getting into a warm dining hall with all of them sitting around a big table and taking croissants and bread and yeah. pastries and eating that suddenly that that has a real meaning to them. Yeah, um, yeah I think you're I think you're right that to Pliable this is it's like one promise amongst a lot of different yeah. things he could chase after and has probably and will yet later in his life. Yeah, well, or if they don't hang him, we'll see that right, next week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they may want to hang him. Um, one thing you referenced was uh, how how when you read about certain aspects that have become pop culture heaven tropes. Yeah, yeah, very um, Looney Tunes. Yeah, like very... in Looney Tunes, you die, you immediately turn into an angel. Sure. In a comedic way. You know how to play the harp. You float up on a cloud, you're playing a harp, you're wearing a white robe. Yes. And and the the thing is, that's a mixture of truth and error. Yeah. People who die don't become <laughs> angels, uh, despite what I've seen uh, posted uh, after even recently. Uh, a, a friend of ours died and someone said, oh, God's got another angel. And I'm like, no, God's got Not no quite. more angels, guys. Yeah. Um, but, but like the white robe... Very yeah. much from from Book of Revelation. The right. the harp was the thing that you had to go back and look for. The right? harp and the virgins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. virgins those playing are, harps. Those are that's such a. Every single time I hear it, I it's a it's immediate inside of me. That's not in there. That's uh-huh. not in there. That's a footprints in the sand thing. That's like that's like one of these things that you you know you know you you like the idea of and it's beautiful. So you're like shoehorning it in. It almost seems like but it, it is along with like um, how angels cherubs slowly became sure. like naked babies with tiny stubby wings yes. because of stuff from um, pagan culture through romantic yes. uh, romanticism and art and things. But it's not. Um, let's let's read yeah. these these texts. Uh, there'll be elders with golden crowns, Revelation 4.4, around the throne were 24 elders, I'm sorry, around the throne were 24 thrones and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. Uh, this is an apocalyptic vision. Uh, it's not an allegory. It's also not a um, live stream from heaven. This is this is an apocalyptic vision of of live reality. From heaven. Yeah. Uh, company we will keep. He he tells them we will be surrounded by thousands and ten thousands. That's from Revelation five. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, "Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing." Mm. And of course, we also have the saints, uh, you know, myriads upon myriads around the, the throne. But here's the virgins with harps. Yeah. Uh, reference. Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him 144,000, who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps, and they were singing a new song before the throne, and before the four living creatures, and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins." So you were thinking of probably female virgins playing uh, the harp when you Only read that. Only virgins I want to know about. <laughs> That's usually the promise in uh, yeah. afterlife scenarios. Right. Uh, these have been redeemed for mankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb, and in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. So the idea of being undefiled as a, as a picture of the purity of those who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, yeah. who are now uh, in heaven rejoicing. I, I, obviously, you can go, well, Brunyan's made a little fast and loose with that, hmm. but... His is an allegory, so I right. think he can go directly from apocalyptic. Do not enter through, you know, a hermeneutic that that will bring that into our world and bridge the the gap into our culture, and then from there into the allegory. He can just pick things up and drop them in at will. Mm. Martyrs rejoicing, hell. Okay, I, th- I think um, I have a couple here that I, 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 by way of closing, I think might need a little adjusting. Uh, help, for example. 
A great reference here is Psalm 21 to 2. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. And obviously many times when God sends help, it takes the form of another person who comes. But then when help pulls him out, Psalm 42, he drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. Now there's a lot of language there that winds up in this passage, uh, but isn't that describing God pulling us out of the, the miry pit of our sin and condemnation and setting our feet on a rock? And, you know, it makes me think of, because I'm a, a child of the 80s and early 90s, um, the Bullet with Butterfly Wings video. Sure. Remember this? Yeah. They're all trying to get out of the slimy pit and they can't keep falling back in. Yeah. And then they're pulled out and washed with a hose. Mm-hmm. Somehow, because spirituality was all the rage, yeah. they wound up accidentally being very biblical until the guy shouted, I still believe that I cannot I'm be saved. saved. And I think he did get saved. Yeah. I don't think he was pliable. I think he's, which is amazing. But don't you think that's that's the wrong text for, for a guy coming to help him out of uh, this kind of sticky situation? I mean, I mean, if we're, u- if we're using the exact language of the text, yeah. I mean, could God use a guy to help you? And it's still God doing it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. but when it comes I mean, to, it's... like, actually pulling you out of your sin. Sure, yeah. Which I think this is foreshadowing Christ yeah. doing that. I, I don't, I can't take issue with Bunyan. He obviously knew the Bible better than me. He was, he painted with, like, that was his palette, you know, when he's doing these Blood stories. Biblos. Yes, yes, that was the, uh, his, his blood type was Biblos, according to this Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon. Uh, another one, though, that I, I took a little bit of uh, umbrage with. Uh, he says, uh, worldly wise men, don't you have a, a wife and kids? He says, I do, they're great, but... Because of my burden, I can't even enjoy them. It's as if I had no family. And then the text is 1 Corinthians 7, 29. This is what you and I have been studying uh, together for quite, geez, for a long time, 1 Corinthians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live, live as though they had none. That's a command. Whereas the thing going on with uh, Christian is, unfortunately, because he knows uh, his burden and is seeking after you know, the celestial city and they aren't, hmm. he is separated, but ideally they'd be back together. Yeah. That's another place where maybe, where maybe like another text, like, uh, I don't come to, you know, you'll bring peace, but the sword and, you know, I come to sever these relationships. Like, yeah, you know, that's not a good thing. He's not rejoicing in the fact that these relationships are severed and that mm-hmm. these things fall apart. This is just going to be a reality of salvation. Well, this is a, it's not an imperative. It's what we call a hortatory subjunctive, uh, meaning it's still got the, the force of a command, though. Let those who have mm-hmm. wives live as though they had none. Um, this means, I'm telling you, and, and this isn't a situation where it's also telling people who are unmarried to stay that way. Yeah. And it seems to be tied to persecution in, in the situation there. I don't know why I'm trying to nitpick with, with Bunyan. And I, and I respect that you're trying to defend him. So I put myself in a bad position and, and yeah, sit you up. Yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I'm going to read a lengthy passage. Another example, I think, of a character using scripture for his own ends, which is something we even see the devil doing when he tempts Jesus. He quotes, right. you know, he will send his angels to attend to you. You'll not strike your foot against a rock. Jesus doesn't say, hey, that's out of context. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he's, he's not going to engage in that. He yeah. just comes in. And in the same way, uh, when worldly wise men comes in, he shouldn't have been taken by it. He should have just... But he, he's, he's immature. He's not yeah. even saved yet, it seems like. So here, here at 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 33, Paul is comparing himself to others and the suffering that he's done uh, for the, the sake of the gospel. He says, 
I have far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A day and a night I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, hmm. dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is a daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to fall, and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast on the things that show my weakness." The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is forever blessed, knows that I am not lying. At Damascus, the governor king... Uh, oh, that's the thing about the, the basket that's not really relevant. But, like, uh, the description of all that he had endured sounds an awful lot like what Worldly Wiseman warns Christian. It's hey, gonna come happen. on, this is going to happen to you. Go the other way. Yeah. He's telling him the truth. Yes. Yes. And, and to some degree, so was obstinate. If you go out that way, it's just going to be, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be trouble. Forget it. Right. There doesn't have to be a lie. There can be, well, from the very beginning, didn't God, did God, did God truly say, mm -hmm. and there's mixed lie and truth. Yeah. You will become like God knowing good and evil. Yep. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be in a better position. I mean, we see this all the time with, with false teachers uh, in our day. Let me take a biblical text. Let me remove it from what it means mm -hmm. or who the people that it was promised to even if it's spoken by a someone that's not good, and then just let's just let's just broadly misapply it, and then people will believe it, and it's it's just more of that humanism, feel goodism. Nothing bad ever has to happen if I'm good enough, or if I do this enough, or if I give enough money, or if I. It's the same thing. It's the same twist of the scriptures, or you know, you know, using your exacto knife to cut out. Um, exactly what references and scriptures you don't want anymore. Mm -hmm. um, Black highlighter approach, yeah. right? That will that will lead people astray. Will lead people to law, or will lead people off the narrow way um, before they came to the cross. If they're not one, if they don't know their Bibles, which I think is the importance that we see. Christian is constantly reading his Bibles. Mm -hmm. He's constantly touching his Bible. He's you know you know you know he's able to open to exact references and go here. There's here's a million what this sticky means. notes in it. Whatever the sixth, seventeenth sure. century version of sticky notes yeah, was, probably just paper <laughs> or dog ears or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's just like Bunyan. Yes. This has got to be how Bunyan was too. Um, we, we need to be when he was in yeah. town, and there were these old ladies who who said to the pastor you got to talk to this guy because he's a mess. Mm. He had already been reading the Bible. That's yes. why he was a mess. And yeah. then, uh, you know, the, the idea of, um, I think I put this in his mouth, uh, but Worldly Wiseman saying, wait a minute, so the, the book gave you the, yeah, the, the problem, yes. now the book offers the solution. And Bunyan happily says, yeah, yep, mm -hmm. the, the, the book showed me the problem. It was already there. It opened my eyes to it, and now it gives me the way out. Yeah, yeah. when he's in the, when he's in the slough, you, um, uh, you said he has the uh, epiphany, right? that something he's known all along, that all is vanity, mm. right? All is nothing. Um, where I think, I think deep down, a lot of people know that. Right, yeah. You know, they'd be able to agree with Solomon in saying stuff like that, where, yeah, you know, uh, I can have all of these women or I can have all of this, you know, I, I, I can have this kingdom and I can have all the things that I ever wanted and all I have to do is ask for more. Um, and that's great, but it's nothing. It's empty. It's hollow. There's no value in any of it. And we know that deep down, which is why these appetites um, are never, like, you know, really satiated. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they never go away. It's never just one more. Right. You right. know? Yeah. One, one last 
right. sowing of the wild oats or something. Like like Augustine, Lord, give me chastity, but not yet. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and he had to repent of that in order to actually, actually, and, you know, he said, our, our Augustine again, our souls are restless till they find the rest in you. Yeah. And, and ultimately that's the only place we're going to find salvation. And it's the only place Christians going to find any, any hope or any comfort as well. Yeah. This has been Zachary Bartles and Mr. Sagacity. I think maybe a spinoff episode or a spinoff podcast later, Life's a Gas with Mr. Sagacity. <laughs> I'm getting dorkier every day, dude. Yeah. I can't stop it. I'm, I'm yeah. 43 years old, and I feel like... you got to pull an emergency break. I've, is there one? Is there any... Someone in your life has to, I think. It's a tailspin. I think my I think there needs to be some kind of intervention, intervention. in my life. Right. Like, yeah. Stop being so cheesy. We all care about who you. Who are you? Yeah. Zach, who are you becoming? Yeah. And do you want to become this guy? Uh, <laughs> anyway, until next time, stay on the narrow road. Thanks for listening. To support the Pilgrim's Progress podcast and for additional content and perks, visit patreon.com slash pilgrimsprogress. And make sure you don't miss a beat by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Produced by Brad Atchison and Zachary Bartles. This recording, copyright 2022, high and silver, all rights reserved. Theme music licensed from pond5.com. Scripture quotations are from the ESV Bible, the Holy Bible English Standard Version, copyright 2001 by Crossway, a publishing ministry of good news publishers, used by permission. To discover anew more texts from and about the earliest Baptists, head over to www.highandsilver.com, and for more audio experiences of my fiction, visit www.zacharybartles.com audio. High and Silver. Good.